0: Hello and welcome to the Tandem Collective Talks podcast. Tandem Collective celebrates books, film, TV, podcasts and more with our global community. We're
1: Jen, Jade, Lucy and Lex, members and friends of Team Tandem. You might already know us from Instagram or TikTok, but if not, it's great to meet you and welcome. We're here to chat to
2: you about what's new in the world of books, publishing and film, interview some of your favourite authors and hear your thoughts on what you're reading and watching at the moment. You can find us at Tandem Collective UK on
3: Instagram and also Tandem Collective Global.
1: It's Lucy here. Welcome to another episode of the Tandem Collective Talks podcast. Today's episode is all about the power of the setting in fiction and the ability that a captivating and convincing location has in transporting the reader elsewhere, an escape that reading was able to provide us all with when the pandemic hasty stopped to travel. For our guests on today's episode, I'm delighted to introduce a fantastic trio of authors, all who have mastered the art of effectively creating both believable and beautiful settings in their work, Ali Reynolds, Karen Swan and Lucy Foley. So welcome to all three of you and thank you so much for joining us today. How are you all? Good.
4: good. Great.
1: Really Hi. good, thank you. Yes. Yeah, getting ready for uh, for Christmas. I cannot believe we're in December already. I know.
5: God, September. I think December is only actually two weeks long.
1: Yes, yeah, (laughs) yeah. There's there's some kind of time lapse that happens, definitely. Definitely. Uh, But no, incredibly, uh, incredibly busy time of year. But also, we've got. I mean, the irony of a podcast episode about location that's kind of across three different time zones with us trying to coordinate this uh, this recording slot. So, thank you all so much for joining us. Your collective titles. All share a common denominator of having truly convincing settings. Um, and I think it's fair to say that the respective locations in your books are, are fundamental to the narratives. At tandem, we always love to hear about authors' creative processes. So, what I'm really interested to know, what comes first for you in terms of the conception of an idea? Is it the plot or the location? And Can you tell us a little bit about your research and selection process, perhaps, when you're trying to decide on a particular setting? Ali, I'll start with you?
6: Yeah, sure. This is such a good question. Um, I would say um, first the actual story idea probably comes first, and then I come up with a, a location where that would work. And then after that, some aspects of the location might drive plot events. Um, so, and, and then when I'm developing it, I think I would look for certain features of the terrain. I really love dangerous natural settings like, um, mountains and forests and beaches. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I'm coming up with a location, I, I might need, for example, in, in my debut Shiva, I needed a really high glacier. Uh, with lots of crevasses, you know, as dangerous as possible. Yeah. And a really small, extreme kind of ski resort um, with some accommodation upon the glacier. So I actually made it a fictional resort because it was easier to do it that way. Uh, then I could have all the features the way they wanted it. Mm-hmm. Um, and for my second book, it's the same. I needed a beach with certain features. And yeah, I came up with a fictional beach on the east coast of Australia. I wanted it very far away from civilization. It's always good if you can have no mobile reception, and that's not easy to find in that many places in the world these days. So yeah, that's yeah. definitely something I look for. I love how you've gone
1: from one extreme to the other: ski resort and then beach, like kind of complete yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah.
5: I mean, I agree with you, I've I've, uh, in the past had to completely make up locations because I couldn't, I had a certain set of requirements and I just couldn't find what I needed. So I was writing a book set in Rome a few years ago and I literally walked all over Rome and I specifically needed a very small square, a piazzetta rather than a piazza. And I needed a really small one and I needed um, one of the big, grand, beautiful houses um and but i I needed um a cafe and a pizza i just needed sort of certain things because the way i'd set uh was going to set up the action and for love or money i couldn't find this anywhere in rome so i i had to literally make it up and um, i did have people saying where is it i really want to see it and i'd sort of Taken a bakery from Trastevere in one area, and then I'd taken a fig tree from another, you know, square, and sort of melded it all together. Um, And (laughs) people get quite upset when they when they hear that these faces aren't actually real.
1: Yeah, it's a blend of (laughs) Rome.
5: Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, you get. You know, I was obviously there, and I had the vibe, and you know, that's absolutely vital. I always go to wherever I'm writing about. I just have to have in my head that I have to be able to close my eyes and put myself in that place. And I can only do that if I've been there. I mean, Google Earth and Google Images will give the writer an awful lot of information these days, but there's no substitute for going somewhere and just absorbing, you know, the tone of a place, the vibe of a place, it's energy. So I always go there, but nonetheless, Mm. I still end up making things up.
4: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, no I was gonna say I'm exactly the same um the island in the guest list is based very much on the islands just off Connemara um off the coast there so islands like Inish Boffin but I wanted it to have a very specific set of um features that that those islands didn't necessarily had or had in you know they had one feature and another one had another so I sort of again melded them all together um but I think we're in the best company because Agatha Christie did that with and then there were none so I thought you know right, if you could do it so could I um but funny enough, um, I agree, um, Karen, that it's so important to travel because actually um, I had the idea for the guest list while I just happened to be on a trip to the west coast of Ireland. And I thought, gosh, this, you know, this kind of really rugged landscape would fit perfectly with the sort of idea I've had for this 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 murder mystery sister wedding, um, because then you have those kind of contrasts between the sort of perfection of the wedding and the sort of wildness of the mm. environment. Wildness and beauty, but that kind of nature, red in tooth and claw. And I actually had the idea the Paris apartment while I was trying to finish the guest list. Um, I I booked myself uh, an Airbnb in an apartment building in Paris because you know, it's quite fun to kind of travel somewhere different. Um, you're not kind of confronted by all your sort of household tasks your sort of washing things just just kind of be somewhere completely completely free from all that and uh and I was sort of sitting there all hours at my computer first thing in the morning and very last thing at night and it was in this kind of very old beautiful old apartment building um and first thing in the morning last thing at night I could hear something very heavy being dragged across the floor upstairs above my head And obviously, being a writer, being a a murder mystery writer, I thought, um, someone's hiding a body. And so really then... (laughs) This apartment building, you know, became like my kind of first research trip for the Paris apartment. Um, you know, kind of all of those wonderful features of an old building. So it had beautiful kind of twisting spiral staircase where the kind of lights were on a timer and they'd go off at really inopportune moments. And, you know, you could look into the courtyard and sort of see into other people's apartments. And so all of that kind of fed into the book.
1: Yeah, gosh, yeah, what what a place to write a murder mystery for
5: Did you find out what it was they were dragging upstairs? I mean, was it a body?
4: Never. It it literally could have been a body. Um, And, yeah, I mean, I did actually sort of spook myself at one point. I was just going to say,
1: yeah, my mind would be starting to play tricks on myself if that was me, definitely. (laughs) Well, we've kind of touched on this already. I mean, Karen, I know you said that just nothing can substitute that. Um, very real experience of actually going to a place and, and properly immersing yourself there before you start to write but so I think all of you from you know what what you've said do always try to actually write about places that you've been to yourselves are there any particular rituals or practices that you like to do when you visit a place in advance of setting your book there and also how much writing do you tend to do while based in the location what's the kind of
4: split between how much you actually get done there versus when you come back home um I was gonna say really good question I um I almost feel like I have to get I'm kind of answering the second part first I, I almost feel like I have to get home and digest the feeling of a place before I can write about it um but I would say I suppose that leaves me free to basically have a holiday while I'm there on my research trip. You know, that would kind of involve um, doing everything I can, so wandering around, um, absorbing the atmosphere of a place, going out for dinner as much as possible, but but also kind of somewhere like Paris, visiting um, those parts of the city that kind of aren't so well known, that would kind of be known to locals um, and and give a kind of completely different texture to the city for them. So, you know, as a a Londoner, um, I don't live in London at the moment, but but actually, my experience of London would would very much not be kind of central London on a on a kind of weekly mm. basis. It would be kind of my little corner of it. And so, I really wanted to give the reader an experience of kind of that side of Paris, like what's the local sort of little corner of Paris that that they might kind of visit, necessarily as a tourist, kind of going to the main sites. Um, so, yes, that is it.
5: <laughs> Interesting. I'm like Lucy. I uh, I don't. Um go to i don't i i don't go to the well-known places when i visit somewhere so i try not to be a tourist when i go so if there's enormous museums and you know the coliseum and i won't go there i mean Mm. i (laughs) what i'm looking for are the little neighborhood districts and and just sort of local color like you know, what What are the trees in the parks and what mm. colour are the letter boxes and what are the flowers that everyone has in their window boxes and what are the cars they're all driving and, you know, just just that sort of detail that um, you, you just need to hone right in on, that you, you can't see from a, yeah. a Google Maps image or a Google Earth image. And and I try really just to get lost. I, I don't go with any preconcept. I mean, I, I will, of course maybe have a few areas that I need to go and see. But other than that, I will just try and walk around as much as possible, take local transport and just be as native as I can. Hmm. Um, My poor husband normally has to navigate me around because, you know, I'm (laughs) taking pictures of, you know, uh, the birds or menus and, you know... Yeah. (laughs) He's very good at the logistics of it all. Um, And I never write when I'm out there. As Lucy said, I sort of just need... To just absorb and be there, mm. and then just let it all percolate and settle, so that I I experience it, but I'm I'm not trying. It, it's like trying to catch bubbles. As soon as you touch it, it would pop. I just have to let it let it just settle in me, and then when I, I find that when I'm back home, it's it's the difference of perspective of being home, closing my eyes and remembering that place. That then I have the feeling of it. Which you don't necessarily feel when you're there, because you're so busy mm. being there. Mm. You don't have that sense of otherness. Yeah. Um so that, that's what I try and do. I just I just try and get lost and and live it as yeah. much as I can, and then you know, hit my word count when I get home.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and you take quite a lot of photographs, don't you? Because I remember when we were doing the hidden yeah. trade along with tandem, the lovely selection of photos that you provided. Um I suppose that must help like you say with the with the kind of yes they connect they've back
5: to the place it's your home yeah yeah and if if you were to be the person walking behind me when I'm on you would think I'm a lunatic I mean you would think <laughs> I had escaped from somewhere with lots of padlocks because you know I take photos of really random things just tiny details that no one no one in the right <laughs> looking at no one none of the locals have ever noticed these things but you know I am and and I just sort of do a photo dump and then I keep it as a file. And if I'm just struggling to see a place or just to capture the, the feeling again, I just go back into the images and it just brings it back. It's such an amazing resource.
1: Mm, yeah I can imagine that would be really
6: effective what about you I love that idea of taking photos I'm gonna do that now from now on yeah great idea um my situation with Shiva um was quite strange in that about 20 years ago I had spent five winters living in the mountains but when I started riding Shiver, it was actually 10 years since I had seen real snow. And of course, I'm living here in Queensland, Australia. It never snows. It's generally very, very hot weather. And I was writing most of it through an absolute heat wave with the fan on, you know, sweating on my desk and then trying to write about this very freezing, you know, snowy high French glacier. And of course, it's too far away to actually travel to. I'm a single mom of two little boys, so I didn't really have that, you know, opportunity to travel anywhere. So for me, um, one thing that was very useful, I had kept a journal from 20 years ago, my time snowboarding and living in the mountains. So I could look back on that and get some little details, but mostly it was relying on my memories. Um, I did have really vivid memories of that time. I've always been just obsessed with that mountain environment. So I guess it had stuck in my head. Mm. Um, I use YouTube search a lot as well when it came to kind of writing, you know, really tiny little details that i might have forgotten so i was there uh, watching people's home movies where they were maybe in a car traveling traveling down a windy road through the alps looking out the window at the little restaurants and the people and also trapped people's kind of you know had a gopro on their on their head and they were riding through the trees and skiing and snowboarding down the mountain so that was a really useful um, way to, the only really way I could research it while yeah. I was writing it. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the last two years, especially um, because of COVID, I haven't been able to travel anywhere. I would love mm. in the future to do some research trips, but I think it is possible to write about places, you know, without going there, thanks to the internet these days. There's so many great resources there. Mm. yeah fortunately
1: <laughs> and well and things like that travel Irie. I mean what a great resource to have kept because I, I think that's that is why settings and places are so important because they evoke memories and that's exactly yes what you talk through Ali with your your writing process that, that ability to kind of connect with somewhere even if it's you know a place that you haven't physically been to for such a long time yes you no know, I think that's great um, yeah, <laughs> and obviously, like you say, you know, the, the pandemic has put a stop to uh, to everybody's ease of of travel, which is why it's been so wonderful to live vicariously through books that that have all these fantastic settings. It's interesting to consider the impact that a particular place has whether a different location would still make a book as memorable. I'm now going to give each of you the opportunity to step back in time. Do you have any of your own titles that you would now choose an alternative location for? doesn't even have to be a book that is published yet. It can be something that is, um, you know, kind of just a, a work in progress. And if yes, where would you choose to set
4: them instead? So Lucy, if we start with you for that one. Oh my goodness. No, I can't imagine them being set anywhere different because I think for me the location is so kind of fundamental it's like a kind of character in the book so it'll be like sort of I don't know yeah kind of killing, <laughs> killing off something that's a really weird thing to say and not quite right um but um I can't imagine that but I have to say when I was planning the guest list I had the I, I actually unusually had the idea for this sort of plot before I had the location so I knew I wanted to set it at a wedding obviously somewhere remote um, nice. and I had this idea to set it on a Greek island because mainly because I wanted a research trip to Greece and I thought that would be fun <laughs> you know and, and also very different from the hunting party which is set in this kind of very snowy um, snowy highland wilderness but I went on the research trip to Greece and it was lovely <laughs> and I sort of got home and, and did my sort of starting to kind of plot out writing the book and it just for me it just wasn't yelling and it just didn't feel right and I had this um, meeting with my editor and she was like is it because it reminds you too much of Mamma Mia and I was like maybe it's <laughs> it a wedding on a Greek island and it was just too kind of the setting was just too kind of jolly and like and warm and happy and so um and so I was then sort of casting around for summer and it was then going on this trip randomly to Connemara and then getting the ferry to the islands of Connemara made me think gosh this is perfect so it would have been such a different book it's it's really funny to think that.
1: Mm. And Karen what about you?
4: Well gosh when I
1: first saw that
5: question I thought oh yeah god yeah no totally could and then the more I thought about it the more I thought oh my god no no I mean I really couldn't and it's that funny thing of I don't particularly although I'm sort of seem to be known for my books for location it's not something that I ever set out to do or particularly think is a major thing in my books myself
0: Mm. but
5: I'm aware that people sort of expect it from me so I do sort of consider my locations carefully because I don't want to let anyone down Uh but then as soon as I had to dial it back and think about, you know, relocating an entire plot character's story somewhere else, I thought, oh my God, at what point do they become completely enmeshed and you can't do that? Because Mm. I've really, I mean, I've written like 22 books, so there's there's a lot of stories. Mm. But I was like, God, you know, I can't imagine the probably the, like the one that's just come out at the moment, Midnight in the Snow, that's set in Zellanzay in, in, in Austria. It's a ski resort. You could move that. You could move that to Verbier. You could move it to Zermatt. You could move you could move it to Morzine in France. You could move it anywhere, else, any ski resort, because in and of itself, it's fairly generic. Although Zellanzay did have a casino, which I needed. Um, so, and an incredibly picturesque, uh, lake I also needed that so um you know I think at a certain point early in the creative process when you choose your location you take the elements within it and you embed them into into the story very early on mm. and you know probably even by the time you're five ten thousand words in you probably couldn't shift it anywhere else mm. um, obviously I wrote one book where the character makes contact with an astronaut on the ISS, the International Space Station, and he's in space. <laughs> um, so that, that's a hell of a location to write about. So I definitely couldn't change that one. It, was, it, was, it really made me think about actually how fundamental location becomes to the story at, for the writer really yeah. early, in the, much earlier than I had appreciated.
1: Yeah, but I think, and I mean, to be honest, I I was almost predicting those sorts of answers from you because like Lucy says, the setting and the location almost become like an additional character. And you know, then it's interesting talking about that that point or that that part in the process for the authors that kind of how many how far in are you before you know it becomes kind of set and you know you unchangeable um and and a true part of, of what the story is so no really really interesting to uh to consider and finally as well as learning about our authors writing processes and the the whole creative journey uh, the Tandem team love to also be a bit nosy and find out more about your personal lives. So, a final question to each of you today is where is somewhere that has been a particularly favorite holiday destination for you? And can we expect to see any books set there in the future? But, Ali, if we can you first on that one.
6: Yeah. Uh, so, one uh, setting I would absolutely love to write a book about sometime is Brazil. So, I was married to a Brazilian for 15 years, and I've spent about six months there in total. I even tried to, we even moved there at one point, although we didn't stay for long because it's hard to actually get work out there. But it is just such uh, an incredible place, Um, you know, such an incredible amount of culture and just so you know, different to anywhere else I'd been. And I was just fascinated by it. It's also a very, very dangerous country. So from a thriller writing point of view, I think it offers quite a bit of potential. Um, I was fascinated by hearing, you know, some of the stories about the corruption, the police, the politics and the, kind of the, the black magic, witchcraft. And, yeah, there's just so much there that would, you know, I think could be used in yeah. a thriller. I haven't been for a while, so I yeah, probably would have to go there again. And probably I'd have to take my two little boys because they're bilingual English Portuguese because my Portuguese is wow. really not that good, and they'd have to go there and be my translators. <laughs> yeah, gosh, yeah. And what what a trip to tell their friends about as well, being able to.
1: Yeah, to Brazil. that would be incredible, uh, Karen. Yeah.
5: Well, do you know it's a funny one this because um, every year we go uh, do our summer holiday in Majorca, Um my husband's family uh, have a place out there and so for you know 25 26 years I've been going to Mallorca, and I love it there and the mm. my children have grown up going there and I loved pieces and yet for some reason it has never occurred to me to write to set a book there I just it doesn't. For some reason, it just doesn't fire up that side of my brain. Maybe because I just associate it with going and stopping working and relaxing. So I go to Mallorca every year, and I did set a book in Spain, but I had to fly from Mallorca to the mainland <laughs> to go to the, to go to this place. It was for the, uh, the Spanish promise, and um, and I and I and I ended up writing a book on the Spanish mainland, but not in Mallorca. Um, the place that I constantly want to write about. Is Scotland. I'm permanently having to stop myself from setting every book in the Highlands. I grew up there. Uh, well, my father's from there, and I spent all my holidays there. I grew up in England, but um, I feel very connected to my Scottish roots. And mm. there's just something about the landscape there that um, just all the time. I just want to, to write about it. Um, mm. So my mother's from Ireland, so uh, I, I don't know Ireland as well. But I've, I've, I've got. I feel quite a strong Celtic uh, affinity and I have actually managed to, to swing it with my editors that I'm writing. I've just written the first in a five book series set in uh, St Kilda which is a Scottish, it's the, out- the outermost uh, of the Outer Hebrides and uh, it's set in 1930 and I've managed to wangle five books out of that one so
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you've actually just been to Scotland recently haven't you, Did you yes Yes, yeah, exactly you've gone for a research. Research.
5: Yeah. So
4: my, my country fan has come together. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> uh, and Lucy, what about you? So it's such an interesting question because I think it's really interesting what Karen was saying because I think places you love to go on holiday aren't necessarily the same as the places you want to write about. And perhaps... There's a sort of worry about, and I certainly have this thinking of part of Italy that I love to go to, that the worry that it would become too associated with work if I Mm. would sort of set something there or, you know, almost maybe it's too familiar and I need to go somewhere that's less familiar and kind of see it from a kind of distance to kind of understand it in in terms of a book but I think in terms of somewhere that I'd be fascinated to kind of set a book we went to Chile just before the pandemic um and we drove kind of through Patagonia and down to uh, Tierra del Fuego and uh, Tierra del Fuego in particular was just such a fascinating kind of it's really the end of the earth it feels like kind of windswept this constant wind blowing across the land and this sense of kind of isolation and an incredible beauty but also this sort of real kind of bleakness and it was absolutely freezing cold even though it was the summertime and it just had such I've never been anywhere on earth I think that had such a unique atmosphere and I'm not sure I would be able to kind of do it justice as 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 it kind of not being local to Tierra del Fuego, but I would love to go back and and have a go, at kind of doing some research and and and, and maybe trying to set something there.
1: I well, have <laughs> been to Patagonia a few years ago, and yeah, I think what 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 a setting, absolutely stunning. So wow, well, a real mix of answers there. So that was uh, fantastic. Thank you all, and I think yeah, you're 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 right. Perhaps that a location that feels. Like you were saying about a holiday home, Karen. If if that's a place that is so familiar it's almost like a a home from home I can see why you know that may not be somewhere that you would instantly think you know to write about and that it it needs to be somewhere else that you know like you say connects that that part of your brain but well I'm really delighted that you were all able to join us this morning thank you so much for your time and for your answers wishing you all uh, a lovely and restful Christmas hopefully too much um writing, and you can have a good break. Um, thank you again, and we'll speak to you all very Lovely. soon. Lovely. Thank you, Lucy. Thank, thank you well, so well. much.
6: Hi, hi. Thanks for having me. Um, thank you.
0: Hi. I read Shiver by Ellie Reynolds, and I really enjoy the book. It's um, set in the middle of the snow. It's a lockdown mystery. There's a lot going on, and the fact that it's so... Um, isolating, it just creates the perfect atmosphere um, for anything to unravel um, and the be- it's one of the best parts of the book is that they are so isolated, the characters and that in the middle of the snow any noise at night anything that can happen it just creates this lovely atmos- atmosphere and you can literally not put the book down until you find out what happens And I thought Shiver was amazing because of that. Lucy Foley has a wonderful way of making you feel
1: like you're on holiday. Travelling with the characters, you feel cold in the remote locations and filled with tension. It definitely makes me very wary of taking a similar holiday
7: myself. I first read a novel by Karen Swan a few years ago. It was um, given to me by my daughter and the title was Hidden Beach. Um, I didn't know anything about Karen Swan or her novels and this particular one was set in Sweden, a country that I'd never visited but um, it was... Um, so enjoyable and it awoken in me um, an interest in Sweden. I had the atlas out looking at the locations around Stockholm and the island, um, particular islands mentioned in the book and from reading that that book I would like to go to Sweden. Um, I also remember Some of the language, I know nothing about Swedish, but um, there were words that I had to look up and was interested in. And um, the culture of the country, that particular story mentions a festival of light, or the longest day, I think it was, in the summertime in Sweden, which I knew nothing about, um, and, and I found that very, very interesting too. The hidden beach has made me um, carry on to read other novels by Karen Swan, But that first one I read, I think, will always be my favourite. So that was this week's
1: episode on location. What did the three of you think?
7: I loved it. I thought it was
3: such an interesting episode. I really, really enjoyed listening back to it. I don't think I have a favourite part because everything was so interesting to hear from their perspective. Like I've never written anything before and I've never gone through that process of choosing a location for something. So it was super interesting to hear.
0: Mm.
2: I loved it as well. I was really interested to hear that. I think it was Karen said that some of her readers go to her locations. Like Mm. that is serious dedication to something you've just read to then go and travel, go and have a look at, where it's been written about. I love that.
1: Yeah, and also I think shows how well she does it, you know, in terms of describing a location,
0: making it sound appealing as well as convincing Mm. and believable. Maybe the Grecian Tourism Board should be hitting Karen up for a little bit of a free promotion. (laughs) Essentially, For me, Lucy Foley's books have become completely synonymous with the locations that they're set in and how great she is at location writing. The reason I love The Hunting Party so much is because of the kind of remote Scottish moor. Completely sold on it, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, That would be like my ideal,
2: like, reader's weekend away, like... Just off in Scotland in solitude with just a load of other people being quiet, reading their book, drinking whiskey. Perfect. Hopefully (laughs) not getting murdered. I was was gonna gonna say, say, have you read the hunting party? Because that is the hunting party. party. I was (laughs) on the hunting party read-along. I think with you, Lex, we might Mm -hmm. even have had the same character. So we just have to try and avoid murdering each other. Other than that, (laughs) perfect.
1: (laughs) Lovely segue into my next question for you, which was if the three of you were choosing a location to go and do a research trip um, or to base a novel in, where would you choose and why? Um,
2: I think I would probably say, I I don't think that I would be writing a cookbook at any point, but as is theoretical, I'm going to have to say Italy just so I can go there and eat a ton of pizza, pasta and gelato for research purposes. <laughs> yeah,
0: I could definitely get on board with that. Yeah, you? I don't know specifically where I would want to go in terms of, naming a geographical location but I love a research task so Mm. I would want it to be somewhere that is completely different weather-wise social like uh, completely different give me a completely different space east or west doesn't matter let's give it give it a go
3: I would have to choose Japan purely because I've been there only once back when I was at university and I loved it so much fell in love with the place the people the culture everything so an excuse to go back there would be fab but also there are so many things that make Japan so unique so I think that there's Mm. so many opportunities to bring in I can't remember off the top of my head exactly what author mentioned it in your discussion news but when they were talking about bringing in just small things that they see, like the brand of car and little things like that.
1: Yeah, colours of the letter boxes and things like that. I yeah. Think. And yeah, all the local, like, smaller details rather than the big, like, big touristy things.
3: Mm, so I think Japan would have just so much to include in that to really immerse the reader. Yeah. What
0: genre would you set in Japan, Jade? I really don't know. I think,
3: like, a thriller would go down quite well.
0: I'd read it. <laughs>
3: i on it. I'll
0: oh, start tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, you've not got much else to do, right? Just add it to the I don't the agenda.
3: Yeah. That is that is what I'm going to do. 2022 thriller book set in Japan.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Today's badly described book is Inquisitive Girl Falls into a Colorful World
0: Underground
3: as always we're open to your feedback so please do hit us up at tandem collective uk on instagram or using the hashtag tandem collective talks if there's anyone content creator wise industry superstars or your favorite author that you think we should feature on the podcast then let us know bye Bye, see you later